Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, and he is Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, it's finally here, the day we've been waiting for, (laughs) talking about the Packers' new coaches on the coaching staff, Mike McCarthy, making all the announcements official a little earlier this week. So it's time to dive into some of the details here. And I want to start with defensive coordinator Mike Pettin because – He's probably, uh, you know, as far as his level of position, a more unfamiliar face to uh, to Packers fans. And um, he made quite a first impression in his uh, opening news conference, I thought. Um, showed a little bit of sense of humor, but also showed that he is very much a no-nonsense football guy. And I think this is going to be an interesting uh, defensive coordinator for, pa- for the Packers and for Packers fans to get to know. Yeah, Mike, and we're going to have months, weeks, all this time ahead between this day and the start of training camp, the start of the regular season, to talk about his scheme. But I want to start off with Mark, Mike Pettin, the individual. And let, let's be honest here, Mike. He has big shoes to fill from a media obligation standpoint. Dom Capers is one of the best there is in the business in terms of dealing with uh, on a day-in and day-out basis. My good friend Darren Gant, who covered him during the, his time with the Carolina Panthers as the head coach, Darren doesn't say anything nice about anybody. He <laughs> loves Dom Capers because he's just a true gentleman. Yep. So from that perspective, I think there actually was some big shoes for him, for Mike Pettin to walk into that auditorium and to become the new face of the defense. And I thought he hit it absolutely out of the park. You had such a great comment about this afterwards, too, when we were talking. He managed to hit on all the big points, the big questions that you knew that were coming, complicated scheme, re, you know, reinvigorating the defense. And he was able to provide answers without making them sound like something you get off a stock quote sheet. Yeah, uh, He was very personable. There's a human aspect to him. And I just thought over those 15 minutes, I said this in Insider Inbox on, on Thursday, I just felt he won the press conference because he gave you an idea of who he is as an individual, where he comes from. And also, I think based on just hearing him talk for 15 minutes – a good idea of why players have gravitated towards him and, and he's been successful in this league. Yeah, he's certainly been plenty successful. He's had a handful of top five defenses uh, coaching both the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. Right. He was the, obviously the head coach for the Cleveland Browns for a couple years in a really difficult situation with the whole Johnny Manziel thing and a lot of stuff that he had to deal with there. Wasn't really put in a position to succeed, let's just be yeah. honest. Um, but took a couple years off, was involved in kind of a consulting gig for Seahawks coach Pete Carroll last year, kind of working from home, but staying in touch with NFL film and evaluating players and, and evaluating teams and schemes and decided to, uh, to jump back into the fray here. And I know I expected him to say the whole 3-4-4-3 thing really doesn't matter. I saw that one coming. And I think that makes a lot of sense, especially in this day and age in the NFL. What really impressed me about what he talked about with his scheme that I think is going to be very interesting to watch going forward and how it manifests itself on the field is he talked about wanting to be multiple, to look complicated to an offense, but to not be complicated for his players on defense. And I know that's a it's a fancy line. It sounds good. I'm sure it's easier said than done, but I'm really interested to see exactly how that takes shape. Yeah, and a lot of it is the pre-snap is what it comes back to. Yeah. Mike McCarthy, when he addressed the media as well on Wednesday, saying they need to start winning the pre-snap battle. That was an area that really did hamper the Packers. I agree with that in 2016. Now you get Mike Pettin in here. 
It's about presenting different looks pre-snap, but also not overwhelming your players either. You know, trying to make sure that the quarterback doesn't have everything figured out by the time he he snaps the ball, that things are going to surprise him. And he and you know, Petten hit it. You know, he he faced it that question right on, because I'm sure he knew it was coming in terms of the complicatedness of the scheme. I think that became more of a narrative after the time in Cleveland than even it was before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was with the New York Jets, even going back to Rex Ryan's defense with the Baltimore Ravens, and understanding exactly what you're trying to accomplish as a unit. I mean, you could just sense the excitement he has when he looks at this roster. He said, the cupboard is not bare from a defensive standpoint. You have veterans. Clay Matthews, one of the most versatile pass rushers in the NFL. He looks forward to taking those talent, taking that those players, and finding a way to make it work within his scheme. And just one other further point, Mike, when he did say the 4-3-3-4 debate, I think the hallelujah you heard from the back was me, uh, <laughs> because this is a question that I've said this numerous This is a question we get constantly yeah. in insider inbox. Will the Packers be better off if they go to a 4-3? Petten said they're playing base defense 10, 12 snaps a game. It's not a league where you're playing 700 defensive snaps anymore out of your base defense. It's a, it's a sub-package league. And in this new environment, after the most recent CBA with the restrictions you have, I think Petten has proved that his scheme can succeed in this environment. And it's one of the reasons why Mike McCarthy brought him in as a new defensive coordinator. Yeah, and one quick point, too, before we go to a break. When he talked about, you know, you have your outside linebackers, you can sort of have that 3-4 concept, but then you can take one of them put his hand in the dirt yeah. and sort of then, you know, have more of a four, three look to me that has Nick Perry written all over it. Yeah. He's the guy he's, he's the guy he's, he's big, you know, he's got that big lower body. He can play defensive end. He can also play stand up outside linebacker. He's done it. I really think, and obviously Nick Perry needs to stay healthy. We all know about that. I think Nick Perry might be one of the guys that Mike Pettin is most excited about in this defense. Yeah, it's a great point, Mike, because there is a lot of guys in this defense with the hybrid mentality that they have, whether it's defensive backs, whether it's linebackers, guys that can fit different types of schemes and trying to maximize their ability. You, you, you're absolutely right. Perry has to stay healthy, but... That's one of the reasons why they did extend him last year coming off that 11-sack season. Yeah, no doubt. With that, we'll throw it to a break. Back with more on Packers Unscripted right after this. Welcome back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford in this chair, Wes Hodkowitz in that one, and Wes shifting gears to the offensive coordinator position. As unfamiliar as Mike Pettin is to Packers fans, Joe Philbin, a very familiar face, obviously returning as offensive coordinator. He was in that position for five seasons from 2007 to 2011, began actually coaching with the Packers on the offensive line in 2003 before Mike McCarthy even arrived during the the Mike Sherman era. And, um, you know, certainly a guy, he's happy to be back in Green Bay. You could tell Mike McCarthy is very happy to have Joe Philbin back after his uh, four years as a head coach in Miami and then a couple of years as an associate head coach and offensive line coach, kind of getting back to his coaching roots with the offensive line with the Indianapolis Colts the last two years. But, Joe Philbin is back, and uh, and I think there's a lot of excitement because it sure sounds like uh, number 12, Aaron Rodgers, is excited to have him back as well. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a guy that, that fits what the Packers do here. 
uh, Joe Philbin is is that and then some, both as a coach, also just as a human being. I, I go back to a conversation I had. I would say this was the first time the Packers played Philbin's uh, Dolphins. I think that was 2014. 14, yeah. And I remember talking to Josh Sitton, uh, former Packers guard now uh, with the Bears, about Joe Philbin. And you know how Sitton is. He's gruff. He's He's sometimes curt. But he had such an interesting insight into what it was like playing for Philbin because he mentioned, you know, when he first came there out of UCF, those two really butted heads a lot. <laughs> uh, but by the time Philbin had moved on to his next opportunity, there was really nobody that sit and respected more. And it just seemed like there's a folksy sort of aspect to Philbin. He, he's really self-deprecating, mentioning that he's starting to get up there in age and he's along with some of these older people that that he sometimes likes to reference. But at the same time, he really can clamp down and, and coach hard. Yeah. And knowing that balance is difficult because you get the players coach thing, you get the guys that are, are sort of these, um, you know, sometimes can be divisive in how confrontational they are. It just seems to me that, that Philbin has just such a great pulse for where he needs to be and what he needs to do to get the most out of his players. And as his biggest quote, I thought, and my takeaway, and I know you wrote about it on Packers.com, the fact that his job being an offensive coordinator, his four seasons with the Dolphins really opened his eyes to the challenge that Mike McCarthy has week in and week out. And now that his ba- now that he's back, his two main goals is to help the offense score points and make Mike McCarthy look like the smartest play caller in the NFL. And he's ready to do that again here. Yeah, this is a guy who is a coach through and through. And I don't care what position. If you're calling him an offensive line coach, calling yeah. him an offensive coordinator, a head coach, an associate head coach. He's a coach through and through because the one thing we hear from Mike McCarthy probably more than anything else about Joe Philbin when it comes to coaching is he's a teacher. Yes. And and that's I, I think that's what players gravitate toward in a sense because they know this guy is going to show me how to do it. Right. Then it's up to me just to execute it and do it. But I know that this guy knows how to get it done, so I need to learn it and figure it out. And the other thing that uh, uh, that you know bears mentioning with Philbin as well, because he was asked about this, if he had any reservations whatsoever about coming back to Green Bay. And for the fans who aren't necessarily familiar with the story, back at the end of the 2011 season, the Packers were 15-1, and had a first-round bye, getting ready to play the Giants in the divisional round of the playoffs at Lambeau Field. And just a few days before that game, uh, one of Joe Philbin's adult sons, Michael, tragically uh, drowned in an accident in the Fox River and uh, lost one of his, I believe, six children. Um, just a, a, a tragic thing. And um, not long after that, you know, the Miami Dolphins came calling, wanted him to be a head coach. It was a big family decision and everything. And they decided to, to make that leap as a family to go to South Florida so obviously you could understand, and he even said, it's very, very emotional to come back to Green Bay. But he also balanced that with all the people that he knows here that he cares about, that care about him and his family and that remember him from the time here. And he just felt like the timing was right to come back. It may not have been right at other other times to, to try to come back to Green Bay. The timing is right now, and he sounds like a guy who's pretty excited to move forward. Yeah, Mike, and obviously you're a father. Uh, I'm now a father. Um I just I go back to 2011 and I remember seeing Philbin during that day. I was just a little quote taker at the press box, just working game days, uh, doing the home locker room. I remember seeing Philbin and just thinking, "My God, what this man must be going through right yeah, now." Yeah, I, cu- uh, I couldn't such even a tragic. I couldn't even imagine it at the time. Tragic situation, but the the one thing that I took away from that, and you referenced it a little bit when we were discussing this at the press conference, 
how his family really pulled together at that time. And, yep. you know, this is all going on. The Packers are in the playoffs. The Miami Dolphins are potentially knocking on his door as a head coach. And how they really grab, you know, they gravitated towards each other and they leaned at each other during that time. And now, as Philbin said, every decisions he's made, he's taken to his family into account, whether it was going to Miami, whether it was going back to Indianapolis, and now coming back to Green Bay. I think, and Mike McCarthy said it, the first thing he asked was him and his wife if if they're going to be comfortable with that aspect of it. And I still, I think there's an element, I don't want to put words in Joe Philbin's mouth, but I just feel like this is, their thinking in this is that this is where we need to be. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, the, the connection that they feel with Green Bay, in some ways it's almost kind of tranquil in a way that, that they're coming back and, and now having an opportunity to finish what he started with the Packers. Yeah, and he even mentioned that, uh, you know, he asked his daughter, you know, of all of his children, he has just one right. who's still at home. She has one year of high school left to go. And uh, he said, you know, if my daughter had said, Dad, I really want to finish high school in Indianapolis, I don't want to move again right now, he said he probably wouldn't have yeah. come to Green Bay. That, that you know, they're all in as a family wherever they go, you know, with, with regards to, uh, to job decisions, to other family decisions. And, uh, you know, but um, his daughter was on board, his wife was on board, and, uh, and you know, Green Bay is is glad to welcome Joe Philbin back as well as his entire family. And a tip of the cap to his daughter, I don't know um – her name offhand, but I mean, that's, as he said, that's her third high school in four years. Uh, That's not easy for a kid, but it just, again, shows you how tight-knit that family is and and how much I'm sure she realizes, too, what this team and this community means to her father. Yeah, all right. With that, we're going to throw it to a break. Back with more on Packers Unscripted right after this. Welcome back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford here, Wes Hodkowitz over there. And Wes, quickly, kind of an overview of the rest of Mike McCarthy's staff as it stands right now. We've talked about the offensive and defensive coordinators, but a new structure to things in the sense that on both sides of the ball, Mike McCarthy now has a run game coordinator and a pass game coordinator for both the offense and the defense. On offense, your run game coordinator is James Campen, who will also continue to coach the offensive line. Your pass game coordinator is Jim Hostler, who worked with Joe Philbin on the offensive staff in Indianapolis over the last couple of years. On the defensive side, Joe Witt Jr. is your pass game coordinator, the Packers cornerbacks coach for a number of years. He actually interviewed for the defensive coordinator job, but Mike McCarthy decided to go with Mike Pettin. And then run game coordinator on defense is Patrick Graham, who is also going to coach the inside linebackers. Uh, worked on Ben McAdoo's staff with the New York Giants the last couple of years, and before that was uh, on the New England Patriots defensive staff, coaching both defensive linemen and linebackers at some different times there. So from a structural standpoint, what do you make of this with these titles? Uh, the thing I enjoyed the most about this, because I had basically a chance to ask everybody about it, and I know you talked to Patrick Graham. I didn't get over to him, but uh, it was interesting to me that the coaches who are returning – the guy, you know, James Campen and, and Joe Witt had a very clear idea of what this is going to mean and what this is going to accomplish. Jim Hostler was a little bit more, okay, we got to wait and see, you know, yeah. in terms of things. But I'll say this, Joe Witt knows exactly what he wants to do in this role. And, and he did say, you know, he was disappointed that he didn't initially get 
the defensive coordinator job, but Mike McCarthy went out of his way during the news conference to really praise him for the job he did uh, and, and kind of checking all the boxes of what McCarthy was looking for, uh, but going with a little bit more experience with Mike Pettin. And Joe Witt agrees it's the right move. And the thing that really sold him on that is the fact that he and Pettin both put their playbooks down and he saw so much synergy between the two of them. Uh, in terms of what their core philosophies are and what they look to accomplish with pass defense. Pettin emphasizes pass defense in his his scheme, and to some ways you can make a case that it's almost the opposite of what Dom Capers wanted to accomplish with a run for, you know stop-the-run-first mentality. Um, I don't think either one is right or wrong, but it really fits to what Witt is looking for, and basically the biggest aspect of that is going to be tying the cornerbacks, the secondary, and those coverage linebackers together under one voice with one vision and in hopes of improving communication. At the end of the day, with all these positions, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it is. It's about having it's about having communication within the structure so that all levels of your offense, your defense, um, guys don't just uh, go into their into their silos, into their individual position right. meeting rooms, and learn things a certain way, and then you get out on the practice field or out on game day, and you know, maybe not everybody's quite on the same page, not to say that people are playing the game differently, but it's all about trying to develop more cohesiveness. And Mike McCarthy even said on the offensive side, you know, he and Joe Philbin are working on essentially rewriting the playbook, almost starting over from scratch. Like he's a first year head coach again, back in 2006 and, and really building things from the ground up. And, uh, and on the defensive side, we've seen, we've seen, you know, what lack of communication can lead to on game days, you know, missed assignments and all it takes in this league is being a half a step behind a half a step slow in a certain reaction because the communication isn't quite there or the understanding isn't quite there. And then big plays happen. And so the Packers are trying to, trying to shore all those things up. Also just to, uh, to touch on some of the others, um, new coaches coming in, Frank Signetti, um, whose relationship with Mike McCarthy actually goes way back to the late 1980s at the University of Pittsburgh is when they first met one another, at least somewhere back in that in that time frame. He is the new quarterbacks coach. David Rye, um, who has been an offensive perimeter coach, is now specifically the wide receivers coach. Jason Simmons, who has been here as an assistant special teams coach, is now actually a secondary coach yeah. on defense. And then his assistant special teams position has been – He's been replaced by uh, Maurice Drayton, if I have that That's name right. correct. Um, and then also uh, Jerry Montgomery, who we thought was leaving for Texas A&M, has decided to come back and be the defensive line coach in place of Mike Turgovac, who is now with the Oakland Raiders. So I don't know if that covered everything. I probably missed I somebody in there. But, uh, um, but yeah, a lot of changes. There hasn't been this much change on Mike McCarthy's coaching staff since he got here. There hasn't. But the thing I like about it, Mike, is it brings in some new perspectives. It's not like they just overhauled the entire coaching staff. Defensive-wise, there's still a lot of the same guys. Offensively, James Campen's been there for 15 years now. Yeah, yeah. So it's just bringing new ideas together. And even though there are new people coming in, like Signetti and Hostler, all their webs kind of tie together a little bit, too, in terms of how they've come across this thing. So I think for the Packers, they'll really benefit from it. Yeah, all right. With that, we're going to go to a break. Back with more on Packers Unscripted right after this.
Welcome back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford alongside Wes Hodkowitz. And Wes, before we go, another thing to touch on. We heard from Mike McCarthy for the first time since the whole restructuring at the top with uh, with Mark Murphy essentially being the individual that uh, Russ Ball as executive VP of football operations, Brian Gutekunst as general manager, and Mike McCarthy as head coach, they will all report to him. McCarthy kind of jokingly, although maybe he wasn't totally joking, but said in the last three weeks he's talked to Mark Murphy more than maybe he did in his first 12 seasons here. And we know from Mike McCarthy he loves having more open lines of communication. I think this is something that he really likes. He likes the way the structure is set up. He's not going to tell Brian Gutekunst whom to draft, but I think he feels like he will have a little bit more input just in a general sense in terms of how the roster is put together and the players that he will be in charge of coaching. Over the last decade, Mike, who are the most visible portions of the organization? It's Mark Murphy, Ted Thompson, and Mike McCarthy. With Ted Thompson taking a step back, I think that means that you want to have a more pronounced impact from Mark Murphy. And this isn't just a fancy tagline, and it's not a power grab. I I think... I really wish fans could see what I think you and I have seen over the last month. That When McCarthy said that, that didn't surprise me at all. I mean, Murphy was down in the locker room during the introduction of the coaches, going around talking to Murray Strait and talking to all these guys. Yeah, He's made a point to be more involved in football, and I think that's a smart approach for this. And I'll say this, too. As Mike McCarthy said, this is exactly if you're a head coach, don't you? You want to have more communication. And to me, listen to McCarthy during his, you know, time at the podium. He just sounds like a guy who's very excited now about this arrangement. Yeah, and I think we, and I don't want to mischaracterize this, but we have to remember too. It's not as though when Mark Murphy came in here in 2008 that everything was all hunky dory. Right. They had to deal with the Brett Favre thing with Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy and Favre, and Mark Murphy had to get involved in that. That's a rough start to a relationship at the top for anybody yeah. who's involved. And, and uh, I think the Packers organization now is going to benefit going Yeah, forward. they've gone through adversity before, and it's made them better. Yeah, with that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford, at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.